Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Life After High School, the first episode of 2021. Today, I have an amazing guest for you guys. He is the great and powerful Rob Ramsey. I'm making this intro extra short because I'm extra excited for you guys to get into the meat of the episode. If this is your first time here, I appreciate you. If it's not, I appreciate you. I'm super excited for you guys to hear the show and uh, cue intro. It's the Life After High School podcast. Uh, I feel you're the king of pub crawls stuff, so I got I had to match you. So I love it. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, brother. I appreciate yeah. you uh, doing this. Um, I'm, I'm drinking a Stella. It's not an Alexander Keats, so uh, don't hate me too much. But uh, oh man, Keats or Moosehead? What are you? What are you doing? Come on! It's my uh, my dad's beer, and uh, I was like, man, I'm. Uh, do you have a couple extra? And he's like, yeah, I got one extra for you. But uh, the bel the Belgians do it right though. But you know what they're doing? Yeah. They've been doing yeah. it for a while. So yeah, a <laughs> little longer than me. So uh, yeah, they know a couple things. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, man, I'm a big fan of you. So I really appreciate you uh, being able to uh, carve out some time on your Tuesday evening and uh, do the show. Thank you very much. Well, I, I really appreciate that. And um, I've been looking forward to this. this uh, awesome. It's nice to see another face and talk to someone and socialize. Yeah, I bet. So how much uh, like socializing do you uh, get nowadays with uh, the newborn and uh, staying at home with the rules? Um, the newborn definitely changed things. Um, there's not a lot of, uh, I was going to say there's not a lot of spare time, but there is a lot of like, there is a lot of like time where you're doing nothing, but you're kind of always waiting for like, okay, well the baby needs to change or the baby needs feeding or it's yeah. sleeping or something. So there's just, there's always a lot happening, but you're not doing very much. Right. Um, so you're always waiting for the baby schedule. I'm not doing very much. Let me, uh, let me correct myself. My wife is, my wife has been, um, uh, just incredible. Um, that's awesome. I'm just taking orders. I'm basically, I'm just doing what, what I'm told, but we're, we're also fortunate enough to, um, we have a big backyard. So we have a, Oh, nice. We have a fire pit back there. And oh, so sick. it's been, it's been great for COVID cause you can be outside and socially distanced and, you know, have a, have another couple over and sit yeah. on, the other side, on opposite sides of the yard or something. And mm -hmm. that's been nice. Yeah. I've been very fortunate with that. Yeah, I bet. So, that's amazing to hear. I'm glad it's uh, like you're staying as healthy as you can, despite, uh, you know, the restrictions we got. So mm -hmm. that's good. So Rob, then with that, um, take me through um, kind of what your transition was like uh, graduating high school to kind of where we are nowadays and what the projects you got going on now. Um, yeah. Loaded question to start off. So, yeah. Um, well, I'll start by saying this. I was, um, Probably the farthest thing you could get from a model student in high school. I scraped by, uh, uh, took an extra year, maybe two, uh, to uh, to finish it just because I wasn't passionate about anything and yeah. I wasn't engaged and I didn't, didn't care. And um, throughout high school and shortly before that, I started doing some uh, like local theater. And that made me realize that through that, I realized that was something I was passionate about and wanted to do. So I ended up going out to, um, after I scraped by, I ended up going out to uh, Acadia University out east in Nova Scotia. Because I am I was born in Toronto, but I consider myself from Maritimes. So that's where all yeah. my majority of my family is. And um, that's sort of where my heart is. Nice. Uh, and so I was looking for a school that had a theater program and a football team. And there's not a lot of those. Yeah. 
and uh, got to Acadia, realized very quickly I wasn't very good at football. Um, or, or at least I, I, had gotten, I had gotten by in high school on my size. And then I got to university and there were guys my size running like four fives, four six, well, really fast. Um, wow. And so that didn't pan out. And I realized you couldn't really do both things at the same time, theater and football. Yeah. Um, just because the schedules, schedules don't really allow it. Um, so did my four years out there, um, uh, while I was out there, I ended up getting an agent and started booking a few roles here and there. Um, while I was in university, I landed a show called Blue Mountain State, uh, which we were shooting, uh, which I started shooting, I think in my second year. Really? And, um, goodness, how do I surmise all this? Uh, um. Graduated university, um, uh, had some more success in the acting world, and decided to go to um, LA. So yep. I moved to LA uh, for a few years. And um, you know, actually, I should preface that by saying I was going to go get my master's in acting. I was fortunate enough to be accepted to the uh, New School University uh, in New York City. And um, almost went there but they had a stipulation where you couldn't do outside work no. while you were in school because they you're you become a product of their teachings and they want to really craft you before you're released into the the wild world of acting and, and i had already started booking stuff so it just didn't yeah. make sense um uh but i became intrigued about moving to the states um and so yeah so i moved to la uh Lived with uh, my buddy Alan Richardson, who played Thad in BMS, for uh, for a few months, and kind of went back and forth for a bit until I decided to really give it a go um, and moved down there full time for a few years. and uh, And then I hated LA and uh, <laughs> decided to move back. I uh, for many reasons, there for me, it just wasn't for me. I didn't find that there was any sense of community. Um, yeah. I, everything's just so spread out and um and i was doing a long distance relationship that whole time so that didn't help either um yeah. but uh so yeah i packed things up and moved home and um have just been sort of shooting stuff here and there making my own stuff ever since and uh yeah that's a like rough summation yeah. of but <laughs> and so that's crazy though because my cousin played football for the Acadian team, but I can't remember what years. Cause I'm like, man, but uh, yeah, cause he played for Acadia as well. Um, I did that the whole way through, I think, but I think it, his program was clearly more like there was kind of, he basically did football and then did school again afterwards. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't try to do it both at the same time. Yeah. Was, okay, I'm going to go play football and then I'll figure out this school thing. So yeah. But. Yeah, it's a full-time commitment. Um, mm -hmm. Not uh, like most schools, I think you have to maintain a certain grade average, and then you have practice every just about every night, and then games, and and you got to study and do your yeah. watch the tapes, and yeah. So, I guess what I'm wondering with all that is, um, what were kind of some what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced when you were, let's say, when you're in your, kind of like your mid twenty range they're like figuring out kind of what to do what like i guess what i'm wondering actually was what kind of inspired the move 
to LA? Was it, it was because of the role in BMS? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, yeah, I had been fortunate enough to have some success and I, uh, I kind of just felt like I got to just give this, I got to give this a really good go. I got to give it a hundred percent. And that fortunately, unfortunately moves, um, means moving to Los Angeles and trying it down there. Yeah. And, um, and I wanted to challenge myself and, uh, and at the time my, uh, my girlfriend, who I did the long distance with in LA and have since married. It all worked out. Yeah. Um, she was getting her master's in London, England. So I thought, well, she's away anyways. Why don't I take this opportunity to go, um, go try it and, and explore that. And uh, yeah. So, yeah. Man, what was, what's the getting an agent process like? especially at that age when uh, like you've had only, like you have the degree and then you have uh, like a couple theater performances and stuff like when you still need a lot more experience. What's that like? It's a great question. I was, I was pretty fortunate. I, um, before I got to university, I played a lot of football. I played in high school and then I played in this other Ontario league. Cool. And when I was doing that, there was a guy, uh, I was playing for a team called the Metro Toronto Wildcats and okay, yeah. When I was um, uh, when I was doing that one day during practice, this guy showed up and um, he said he was a scouting people to be extras in a new football movie, um, yeah. a movie called "It's a Boy Girl Thing," yeah. and uh, one of the coaches was like, "Hey, you should talk to Rob. He, I know everyone knew I did theater as well. I, yeah, kind of loud." Um, <laughs> And so he came over and approached me and got me and a couple other guys to come do it. And I got to set and the director saw me and, um, and he was like, Hey, we actually have this role. It's just one line, but I'm going to give it to you. And so I had that under my belt. Uh, I had done one production, Yeah. but what, um, what I did and what I sort of tell everyone to do is uh, we have this actors union called ACTRA. And they have a website, um, I think they still do have this now, but on it, it had a list of every agent in Ontario, I think, um, and and sort of what they did. Some agents specialize in commercials, some specialize in theater. And so I just sort of went through that whole list of like a couple hundred agents, found the ones who did everything, because I, I wanted an agent who did a lot, and I just cold emailed them and I said, Hey, my name's Rob. I have been doing theater for a while. I just recently did this movie, um, yeah. small part in this movie. And I, I had a headshot. And so I sent them my headshot, probably sent out about 300, 200, uh, and heard back from 10 and met with five nice. and then met with, um, two more of them again. And then eventually chose my agent. And, uh, and I was fortunate enough to sign with um, one of the great agents in Canada, Rich Kaplan. And, uh, nice. and I've been with him ever since. He kind of just took a shot on me. And, and you go in, as when you, don't have that, when you don't have that much experience, you have to go in and do cold reads for them, which essentially means that they give you a script. Yeah. In the room, they say, take five minutes, go look it over. And then I came back and did it, performed it, read it with them. Interesting. And, and now that, now, sorry, that... Uh that script that they would give you, they wouldn't 
Like that's not for a role. That's not for, well, maybe this role you might audition if we'd like what you, that's just them giving you a cold script. Probably just a um, script they'd gotten many years ago that they just use as a, um, they, it's a script that would showcase someone's talents. So they just sort of keep that. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Did you do anything like that in school? Like, how did they kind of prepare you for those moments? Um, yeah, I mean, we do, um, auditioning is a huge part of, uh, theater and film, which is essentially what that was. It was an audition to, yeah. to get a movie. Um, and I think that's just something that, yes, it's something we worked on, but it's also just a skill you develop, um, with time, just doing it, uh, being able to, dissect a script, learn the beats, learn your character's intentions and motivations just based on a script and, and read between the lines of what the screenwriter uh, has envisioned for that character. There's often little clues and things you can pick up on. um, And, and then just uh, taking a chance. Sometimes you just gotta, just gotta wing it. And uh, like when I auditioned for Blue Mountain State, I auditioned for the role of Harmon, the kicker. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and obviously it doesn't make sense to have a guy my size be a kicker, but I thought actually that that'd be pretty funny on TV, and maybe yeah. that's what I'm going for. So I just really leaned into it and made him like a lazy, lazy person with a lazy personality, and didn't end up getting yeah. the role. Thank goodness because they cast James Cade in that role. Yeah, it's hard to think of you doing like playing that role yeah. now after watching the series. I'm like, not yeah. really. Yeah, oh, man. but I was I was just extremely lucky in this never happens uh but they just saw my audition and they were like well he's not right for that role but we really like his performance so let's write something for him that's sick no way yeah wow because i was gonna ask i was gonna say like what was your audition like for blue mountain state because it's a very different at least from what i've seen you in and what like i came across in the research and stuff and the preparation it's very it seems very different from majority of everything else you've done yeah, I mean, I have a look, right? I'm a yeah. big guy with big curly hair. Uh, I have a very boisterous laugh. Um, so I generally get cast as, I generally get cast in comedies or I'm like the bully or scary yeah. bad guy. Yeah. Um, and so that was, I mean, obviously far into the comedy side. Um, and I've done some other things as as comedic as that. Probably nothing as, as slapstick as that because that was sort yeah. of of the show mm-hmm. I'm kidding man so that so you did a bunch of traveling it was after season two right have you filmed that yeah yeah i um i, I had a yeah i had season two under my belt and we just mm-hmm. wrapped and um like i said my girlfriend was in the uk studying yeah. and i had i had never really traveled outside of a north america and um, so I thought, you know what? I got nothing else to do. Let's just, um, let's go do some exploring. So I went out with her to the UK. We road tripped around the UK and then she started school and I just kind of said, see ya. And I took off for, I don't know, four, six months. And I did uh, did a bunch of uh, a bunch of Europe, especially Eastern Europe, did um, <clears throat> a few countries in, in Africa and uh, the Middle East and yeah, that was a, that was a big chunk. I was gone for a long time doing that, yeah, and then no I, kidding. and then I just stayed with my wife in 
London while she was going to school and we did a few trips here and there, Morocco for Christmas and um, yeah, some other little spots. Nice. So what ins- I think the craziest thing that I hear whenever, and I think I have this in common with a lot of pretty much everybody who comes on the show, there's a desire to explore and a sense of wonderment that once you make it outside of your kind of more your element, like you're used to growing up following certain ways, systems that either society kind of molds you in, or even in your case that you chose, you're like, Hey, I figured, I figured out theater performing. This is what I want to do. And then you kind of took that to your own next level. And then you're like, I'm going to go see the world now. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I I don't know that it was that sort of conscious of a choice, but Um, I saw a window and took my shot and, um, I have zero regrets about it. I think travel is incredibly important for nice. for everyone. I wish I had more time to do it. Um, yeah. I've been fortunate enough to travel a lot and uh, and have some amazing experiences and meet a bunch of people and it's changed my perspective. And um, yeah, do you travel? Are you are you a, a traveler and explorer? Um, not as of four months ago. Just with yeah. the way, yeah, with the way <laughs> COVID's kind of excuse me taken over. But when I graduated in 2000 and oh man, 18. Yeah. Um, I did a school trip kind of through me to we, and we did a service volunteer trip to Ecuador. And then we went eight hours South of Quito, the capital. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's right. That city is like half the city is above the equator line and the other is below it. So it's crazy. Like they have this whole equator set up and it's, I think it's a cash grab. Like it's a really cool tourist spot, but otherwise, yeah, we did that for two weeks. And then midway through the summer, me and one of my best friends, James, he went, uh, we went to just all throughout Europe, started in Amsterdam, went as far West as, or sorry, as far, uh, I guess when I think, yeah, as far East eh? as um, Romania and then kind of went like this up around the coast, Croatia, Italy, up through France and um, up through Spain, France, and then back home after about six weeks. So no four to six months, unfortunately. I'm pretty jealous of that, but, um, you know, it's did a you, um, did you what, what other Eastern European countries did you do? So I did, uh, we did the Netherlands, Belgium, Germany, France, um, Austria, Hungary, which super overrated or not overrated, underrated countries. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like a, yeah. we went to, did you go to Budapest? Yeah. Man, there was like, uh, I think there was a four night. I think we did four nights in Budapest, four days in Budapest. Sorry. And then we went from Budapest um, to mm, Romania and then went to Bosnia or sorry, to Serbia and then went from Serbia to Bosnia to Croatia to Italy that kind of meet at the arc of the coast um, and then went down and then back up through um, Spain and then Andorra, the little country in between yeah. France and Spain. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, yeah we, uh, we road trip that whole thing. So cool. Bosnia, yeah, Serbia, underrated countries. They don't get a, get enough love either. It, no, I've not. never been to Switzerland, but it's what I imagine Switzerland looking like these like, green rolling lush yeah. mountains and this this beautiful old architecture and obviously a lot of history there sort of recent history um past, yeah, no kidding 30 40 years or so but um yeah they don't get enough love that's a that was so much fun traveling there they don't how long were you uh you did you road trip or did you 
take a train or uh like backpack and hitchhike i did one of those bus tours oh uh, cool yeah like with a bunch of random people uh it, it just it was the most economical way to do it uh yeah. for me and i wanted to i love I guess I love being in uncomfortable situations. Uh, yeah. I find some sort of joy in that. I get that for sure. The outsider and being the um, and being the the new guy or the one who mm -hmm. doesn't speak the language or something like that. So I um, I joined a bus trip that started in London, did all of Western Europe, and then I joined them in Greece. So they had already developed these bonds and these friendships and relationships and had these inside jokes. And I just sort of, this goober climbed on the bus and I was like, hey guys. Um, so yeah, I, I did the bus tour. Nice. That really seems like your style though, to just, I feel you, like your style of personality is very welcoming in those situations though, being very like outgoing, just like happy, have a good time, bring everybody in, cheers. So. Who doesn't want to have a good time? I don't get people with shitty attitudes. Yeah. Why? Life's too short. Um, you're not important enough to. Yeah. Uh, to be an asshole no 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 yeah i couldn't agree more jeez yeah. what was your favorite country that you've traveled to mm, oh man that's it's a loaded question um because i stayed with i was able to stay with a lot of family in certain ones so i got to explore it from their perspective which is super cool but uh i think and i hmm, i oof, i love canada but i gotta say spain it's tossed up between Spain or Italy, like just with the beaches on the coast, the people we met, um, drinking a lot of Modelo's, um, and just the group <laughs> of hostel people we met. And then all the, like the tours and like, um, the riding on the mopeds and stuff, everything was just, it was nuts. And then Italy with the perspective of family and then just eating a bunch of like always having a full belly and a full glass of wine. No, uh, I couldn't really complain there. So toss up between those two. Cool. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That was one thing that I found is I was talking to a friend of mine recently about it is like economically, like uh, to your point, um, I, I had family and I have friends in certain countries. I have a friend of mine, Valerie in Germany, and then some family in Italy and then a couple in, in the Netherlands. So being able to like spend three or four days there out of six weeks and then mm. three or four days here out of six weeks really, really saved us because we just graduated school. So we had negative money in our pockets. Yeah. So it was uh, quite the experience, but uh, I, I wanted to do Greece. Like, what was Greece like for you? I loved it. It was roughly a thousand degrees. Um, nice. And I landed like too soon after all those civil war um, threats and, and issues and whatnot. Uh, no. Unrest, civil unrest. Yeah. Uh, so there was definitely like something in the air, but I had a great time and uh, loved Athens. And then I went to uh, I went to Mykonos, which was nice. Yeah, great. I think I don't remember. I think <laughs> no regrets, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's amazing. So, oh man, yeah, I could talk about uh, I could talk about countries and everything. Where now, um, segueing a bit to your uh, to pub crawl um you mentioned something and uh i'll ask you more about it in a minute but i want to know something before we move off that travel uh topic um you mentioned at the beginning of every episode that you feel in your perspective in your opinion is your favorite way and correct me if i'm wrong to 
learn about history and learn about a place or a country or city or town you're in is to like local bars, local people, local places like that and meet the people around it and learn from them. My, uh, that was a pretty good segue. I wasn't sure how you're going to connect traveling to, to pump crawl, but well yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm curious, how did you, um, what was something um, from one of those experiences, whether it be at a pub or that you found in the communities when you were overseas that uh, like one story, let's say, or, or experience that kind of takes the cake in your opinion, your favorite? Well, no one goes to a bar to have a bad time. That's, right. that's sort of the big thing, right? Everyone is there because they are looking to cut loose, have some fun, relax. Um, not always, but in some cases, meet new people, have uh, chat with some chat with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always just found bars to be a great way to get, um, get a sense of the pulse of a country or a community or a city. Um, yeah. And so uh, that was something I've, that's something I've always tried to do whenever I travel um, is go to different kind of bars too. I love going to like the dive bars, the upper class bars, the, um, uh, you know, pubs, whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it's just a great way to to meet new people, spark conversations. Um, in terms of stories, I don't know, but I um, my mom and I went to China and India probably five or seven years ago now. She had a big accident. She was walking the dog, uh, uh, fell. The leash got wrapped around her leg, and her oh, no. leg went like in a she bunch of pain. Now though, she's fine now. Yeah, oh, but she was in the hospital for like six or nine months. Um, oh. Having it. And when she was in there, we said, let's plan a trip so we have something to look forward to. Smart. Um, something you can work towards. We'd always wanted to go to um, Asia. <laughs> and so we, we planned this trip. And um, we went into a couple places in, in India, in some like small towns in uh, uh, just outside of like Agra, where the um, uh, Taj Mahal is. And, and in Delhi and everything, and, mm-hmm. and in a bunch of them in India, or sorry, in China. Uh, and again, places where no one spoke English and no one cared that I was on this TV show. And, yeah. and everyone's, we, we had a great time every single time. Um, That's amazing. Everyone's always, again, no one's going to a bar to, to be a grump. So yeah, um, yeah. we always just had a great time. and. They always are a little bit foggy and a little bit hazy, so I don't have any specific stories. But, um, but yeah, that was part of the inspiration for for Pub Crawl. Um, I'm glad you watched. Thank you for watching it, by the way. Um, No, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was very. I thought the length of the episodes were perfect, Mm. and that could be whether like I had a long day at work and I was like I want to prepare and I want to enjoy this, but I don't want to sit in front of the TV for four hours. Because totally. each episode is an hour long. Totally. So, that, that bite size content is, um, uh, I really enjoy that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episodes are, are between 10 and 12 minutes. Uh, and it's, it's a great time. They're great. They're perfect for commuting when and if yeah. we commute again. Um, but they're yeah, also great for strong. just like in between one show to the next. You just want a little breather, a little, mm-hmm. uh, want to refresh your palate or something and and our hope is that you sit down and just binge watch all of them and go through all of them yeah that's that's what i ended up doing um it was kind of the when you first like uh back in december like right when they announced right when you announced it i was like on it i'm like searching it on on the tv i'm like sweet we got it all right everybody leave me alone 
I'm going <laughs> to, I got to focus on this. And then that was, uh, as soon as you like agreed to do the show, I was like, perfect. All right. Yeah. So yeah. And then I saw it, it come a, out and I was like, this is super cool. That was a dream gig. Cause yeah? I essentially, uh, made a TV show with some of my best friends about going to bars and getting drunk <laughs> and, and like learning about learning, meeting new people and chatting, yeah. chatting about the history of these, <laughs> these establishments yeah. in the city, Halifax, Nova Scotia that I love. Yeah. Amazing. Um, city. That was my job. And that's, that's crazy. <laughs> Man. That, yeah. That doesn't just happen. Like I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed that that, that you created. That's <laughs> man. That's incredible. Wow. Um, what was that process like? Like, take me through that kind of when that idea stemmed to, uh, how'd you like, yeah. So I, um, I have a writing partner, a producing partner, John Mann. Um, we met at university and we, uh, I've sort of been friends ever since he, he went to the New York film Academy after graduating from Acadia. Oh, cool. Reached out to me, uh, just after he had graduated from there and said, Hey, I wrote this thing. And, I, I wrote it with you in mind because you're one of the only people doing this professionally that I know. Do you want to read it? And it was pretty good. And I had just, um, I'm making a short story long, sorry. But I, uh, I had just, uh, of all people to take inspiration from, I had just seen the Trailer Park Boys do a like appearance slash show at a small bar I was going to. And in the Q&A, one of them, I forget the question he was asked, but he was just talking about how in Canada, um, this is one of the actors from the show, they were talking about how in Canada, you have to, especially Canada, you have to create your own opportunities. No one's going to walk up to you and say, hey, do you want to star in this show? Interesting, but LA, they would, you found. A bit. I don't know. More I, likely? I, it's all The chances are slim no matter what, but I think yeah. in, in Canada especially, you need to create your, you need to write for yourself. And especially for me, a big guy, I'm yeah. not going to be, the Romeo I'm not going to be you know the romantic lead so I need to write something for myself um and maybe that is what I write but anyway so I um I had that in the back of my head of I want to start mm -hmm. writing I want to start producing and uh my buddy John reached out to me sort of just at that point and we've been writing and producing and creating together uh for eight ten years now mm -hmm. um and we have a production company together and then he also has a separate one that does a lot of documentaries. Oh, and cool. so this sort of, this idea sort of stemmed in, in that <laughs> world about creating, creating a show that really celebrates this incredible city, Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's mm -hmm. one of my favorite places in the world. It's an incredible city. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough to go to, I think I've traveled to over 50 countries and Halifax is still one of my favorite places in the entire world. That, yeah, because that's incredible. People are amazing. The landscape is incredible. The food is amazing. Um, and it has such a rich, deep history. And so this show was, sort of stemmed from that, this love for the city and knowing that there's these bars that um, people there uh, uh, take for granted. Uh, they go and enjoy them, but they don't know they're standing in a 250-year-old building or 260-year-old or building or... or at a place where a really historical, historically significant event happened. Um, mm -hmm. And so we just thought that's a great window into bars and restaurants are a great window into, to any city, but especially Halifax. So, uh, so the idea sort of came from that uh, stemmed grew in John's mind. Um, he uh, pitched it to bell and uh, they bought it and we made it. Nice. What was the, 
And what was the process like for you guys that made it different, like where COVID came into play? Because it seemed like it was very, it didn't seem like I knew it was filmed during a time that COVID was a thing, but it didn't quite look like everyone was masked up. Everyone was on edge and no one was having a good time. It looked quite literally the opposite. It's like, what, what kind of restrictions did you have to kind of play with a bit? Like yeah, I mean, part of, part of that is the, um, I would say that's twofold. The, the city, the, the province itself, and the fact that it was in bars and restaurants. So Halifax, um, during the summer, the uh, maritime provinces created a bubble together. And uh, I think at one point in time, it was considered one of the safest places for COVID in the entire world. They had like no cases for three, four months. Uh, I'm pulling that number out of, out of my butt, but um, yeah. it was a really safe place. So within this bubble, things were a little bit looser. There was still the like federal regulations and everything, um, but, uh, but it was a little bit looser, which was great. It kind of felt mm -hmm. like for a brief moment when I was there, it was like, oh wow, COVID doesn't exist. Uh, this is, nice. it was almost like a window to a year in the future. Um, cool. So there's that. And then uh, in bars and restaurants, you can take your mask off when you're eating. Right. Uh, or when you're seated, seated at a table and you are six feet from everyone. So, Makes sense. so I would say those two things allowed us to um, create, uh, cre we didn't, we didn't set out for, we didn't set out thinking we want to pretend COVID doesn't exist. We want this to, right. um, to appear like it wasn't shot during COVID, but we thought, you know, if we can avoid people wearing masks, you can see their face. And if you can yeah. avoid the plexiglass at the cash, you're going to avoid the glare. So it became a very practical thing. Nice. And I'm sure uh, John's like very, he's like on the ball with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, he's a, he's a writer director. So he, he yeah. got a great eye and, and knew what he was looking for. And we shot a lot of these things, a lot of the interviews and stuff during the day too. So a lot of the bars were closed and we were able to have a one -on -one oh. So that, that helped yeah. That makes sense. Man, that's super cool. I think, um, and there's something when I found out it was shot in Halifax, like, because the amount of times I can relate when you say somebody's sitting in a bar, they're enjoying the hell out of the experience. But like you said, they don't know they're sitting in a 200, 250 plus year old building. Because I've been mm -hmm. in like, I my best friend in college moved after first year out to Halifax to uh for a job and well it's because his girlfriend moved out there and so he moved out there and um yeah so like three times a year i would fly out for like four days like they leave on the thursday night come back monday afternoon just in time for class at six and then excuse me and then yeah that's uh i totally i'm one of those people who doesn't who did not know i was sitting in a 200 250 year old building and uh it's it's incredible seeing and hearing the history that goes in like with rum runners and everything and then all that stuff is it's wild because canadian history i think is super uh it's overlooked yeah yeah the rum runners uh the city played a big part in prohibition um there's obviously tons of ghost stories with buildings that old and uh so much history so many people um it was a huge port city. It was one of the biggest port cities in, in the world at one point. Yeah. And so a lot of different cultures, a lot of different people from different backgrounds come, come through the city and they've left their mark on it. And um, it's just an amazing place. What was your experience when you out there, when you were out there? Did you enjoy it? I had a blast. Um, my mother grew up in Halifax. So being able to see it kind of in like 
her telling me from when she was younger of what to look for. And then mm. me saying, hey, this is what it looks like now. And her saying, well, 30 years ago, it's probably 20. She's going to get mad at me for saying that. But like <laughs> 30 years ago, this is like, this is what it looked like. And now I'm seeing it kind of like down the road in the future and then getting a perspective on how the experience it was for someone like her who was able to see it when they were younger. And then me seeing it now, understanding what, how she felt and how you can look at a building or be inside or create an experience. And then it's different. It'd be different for you. Whereas if I did the same thing where I went to each pub that you went to, it'd be completely different experience for me. And I think that was the coolest part was being able to see it, knowing her experiences with Halifax and then seeing it through my best friend's eye who had lived there for, who had been to Halifax or lived in Halifax as many days as I've ever been there. So it's mm -hmm. like, well, we have the same amount of time in the city, but seeing it through a local's eyes and then his girlfriend being there for a couple of years and then friends and family of theirs living out there was, I had a blast. I love that city, like Citadel Hill, everything. It's, yeah. It's wild. Cool. Yeah. Did, so you was, to, uh, did you go to any of the bars, any of the bars that we went to in the show? They, two of them looked familiar. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be honest. I was like, I'm with my best friend. I'm going, I'm like, we're, yeah, yeah. we're, I, he's a big guy. So I'm being able to keep up with him. And I hadn't, it's probably like 155, 60 pounds soaking wet with a hoodie on when I was uh, in Halifax, he's like 265, you know, like he's, he's, he's a bigger guy than me and uh, him being able, like he's drinking his glasses of whiskey and I'm just like, Can gin and tonic, please. Like, <laughs> kind of some stumbling to the bar so uh, i think i think the split crow um because he told me about power hour and yeah. i don't remember that it's so when you brought it up i was like split crow that sounds familiar and then you got to experience or you got to be like front on the front lines of power hour from what i vaguely remember of my experience <laughs> uh, yeah like, yeah it's like yeah, it what I found interesting when I watched you in that is you like Split Crow is with the second episode, I believe, or first? Uh second. Uh first. First. Okay. I mean, I'm sure I got this wrong, but I think it's the first, yeah. I think cuz I'm curious cuz after every single every every single bar afterwards you were asked about or you were recommend you're like where should i go like you know what's a cool place to go next and then they would say have you been to the split crow and you're just like <laughs> yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so i'm like man what was that experience like for you uh shooting that or, or um, participating and being on the front line sorry at, at specifically at the split crow yeah oh yeah that was a blast i um I had gone, I had been there several times in my youth and uh, don't remember much of it, but like you, it, what I, um, I enjoyed myself at power hour. And even I remember it being absolute chaos. And in some, some summer nights um, or I guess fall, as soon as uh, all the students come back, yeah. there's like a lineup around the corner and hundreds and hundreds of people in there. And, uh, and for those that don't know, power hour split uh, has this thing where, from i'm gonna get the times wrong but for for an hour or two beers are significantly cheaper uh and so people just order like a tray of them and like a giant restaurant tray and you have these 
very talented, uh, this very talented wait staff walking around with these giant trays over their head. Um, and there's people screaming and, and yeah. singing and, um, it's got a big like October vibe kind of fest. Uh, and, and so when we were shooting that, they let me, uh, serve and it was, it was hectic. And I had people, even though I had a camera following me and people knew we were shooting a show, there were still people yelling at me like, get me my beer. Um, Jeez. in the most polite East coast way. East can, coast way. Yeah. Beer, please. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Wow. That's, I think when it comes to those experiences, like man, the first thing I thought of when it said, cause you, it says pub crawl Halifax. So that immediately my brain switched and goes, does that mean they're leaving the door open for pub crawl, Ottawa, pub crawl, Toronto, pub crawl, Barcelona, like that, all that. That is the dream. That's, That's the dream. Sad. Yeah. We're, um, you never know. I mean, season one just came out. Um, mm -hmm. But our goal is um, to slowly sort of grow it and explore different cities. I think I think the Maritimes is a was and is a great place to start. I think there's still some other cities there that we'd love to explore. St. John's, uh, Newfoundland. Uh, St. John's would be cool. Yeah, is a Charlottetown would be a great yeah. spot. I know I know Charlottetown underrated place. They also played a, in terms of history. They had a big role in Prohibition. Really. Um, Sydney, Cape Breton, tons of places. And then, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we'd love to sort of uh, blow the show out a little bit more and do, you know, a season or, or maybe even an episode um, in Montreal, uh, Vancouver, cool. uh, Fort Mac has a bunch of history, like all over Canada. We'd, I'd love to go to the, the territories um, and explore some of the places up there. And then, and then, yeah, the goal is, you know, Episode one, we're in Boston. Yeah. Episode two, we're in Madrid. Episode three, we're in Berlin. Or you know, that's yeah. that's the pipe dream. But yeah, um, but, I, but I do think it's a great way. It's a it's a great window into a city and a culture and something that we haven't really seen in a lot of shows. A lot mm -hmm. of travel shows are food focused or yeah. um, art focused or whatnot. Not a lot of them are booze focused yeah. um, there's elements of that but it's not the focus of the show and uh, mm. and i think i think the show would work really well exploring cities uh, around the world nice and man I'm, i asked that because i'm curious when uh because in the end of september last week of september and the first weekend of october me and four of my best friends traveled like road trip from they went ottawa to Sudbury to get me and then we went to victoria um on vancouver island and then all the way back and i was like as we were going that's two three of their big things is that we're sorry for the three of them uh their big thing is pubs bars um distilleries and uh what's the word i'm looking for like craft breweries breweries mm -hmm. yeah and so seeing that and then hearing you say i'm like man there's so much potential in this country for it it and yeah. it'd be so cool to see yeah i i, I know one of the um I think the oldest bar in Canada is, again, I might be making this up, but in our research, I feel like I read somewhere that uh, the oldest bar in Canada is in Niagara Falls um, or Niagara-on-the-Lake area. Wow. Uh, there's another one in Chester, Nova Scotia, just outside of Halifax that we didn't yep. get to explore. Um, and then obviously there's tons on the West Coast. And um, yeah, there's lots, lots left to explore. A lot more pub crawl to be had. <laughs> 
Perfect. That's awesome to hear. Um, when you were in, you've been to St. John's, right? I have, yeah. Yeah, what was that like, man? Because the first, because uh, I grew up watching a, sh- a TV show on CBC that was based purely out of St. John's. And so ever since I watched that, I'm like, man, like I got, like we had three channels growing up, or at least I did, my friends didn't. Um, but what, like watching all these shows, I'm like, man, like I geared, I'm like reruns of the rerun, sorry, of this show. And it's like, man, I want to, St. John's, anytime I hear somebody mention that they've been there, my uh, first thing is like, man, what was St. John's like? What show was it that you watched? Uh, Republic of Doyle. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. I am uh, uh, chummy with Alan Hawker, the guy who was in that and created that. I was actually that's why wow. I was there. I was out, I was out visiting him um, about another project. Um, no. Oh, that'd and, be cool. Yeah. Um, or no, sorry. I, I originally planned to go out and meet him, and then at the last second, he booked a show. Uh, um, uh, what's that one with John Krasinski, uh, Jack Ryan? Oh, Jack Ryan, yeah. That's right. Columbia when I went out there. But um, uh, oh, I love cool. St. John's is incredible. Great city. Um, the Maritimes as a whole are just an incredible place. St. John's is a very unique city. Uh, again, much like Halifax, the people are just bend over backwards for you. Um, it's great food, great seafood, lots to drink, lots to um, – it was – there for work but uh we managed to squeeze in a lot of fun nice that's awesome wow yeah it looked like a very fun show to do yeah yeah it definitely yeah, did. definitely it was it was a lot of fun awesome um what was your i want to focus on some like challenges you had in your career if there was one that stood out to you and how you were able to kind of like overcome it in that time hmm um, I've been very fortunate. I've been very, very lucky in my career. I, I, nothing pops to my head, um, right away. I mean, I've had to make, uh, had to make a lot of choices like we all do. Um, I mean, life is choices and decisions as yeah. my friend John says. Um, and, uh, uh, so there's been times where I've had to pass up on a role because something was happening or, um, or I didn't go to an audition or, or take a role and it ended up being awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing drastic pops into my head, which I think is a really uh, good and fortunate thing. Um, but listen, man, I, I think the biggest thing I've learned to this point in my life is we're all just fucking winging it everyone is winging it yeah yeah and so, there's been tons of uh, li- i guess little obstacles that i've come up against in my career and uh and i just i'm just winging it i'm just you just figure it out as you go um just sort of close your eyes put your hands out and and just yeah. feel your way through it that's figure it uh, out, eh? that's been my that's been sort of my my attitude all right so how do you mention you're very clearly very fortunate with your uh, career so far. Um, what is, what is like a goal project that you'd like to work on or what is actually better yet? What is a project that you've done that you're probably the most proud of? It could be a performance or a film or uh, an award. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I guess, I guess there'd be some crossover there. Uh, 
my writing partner and I, John, wrote a show called Wolfville, uh, mm-hmm. an hour-long dramedy um, that ended up going to this competition um, through the National Screen Institute, their totally television program. And we were fortunate enough to get accepted into that program where they groom you, partner you with people and teach you the ropes and everything. Um, Through that, we ended up selling it to a production company, which is how I ended up getting linked up with Alan Hocko. Um, And it ended up not going anywhere uh, as of right now. Um, But that is, I think, the thing I'm probably the most proud of and and I think a goal would be to, I mean, obviously to make that show, but to write, to, to work on something from beginning to end uh, that started from just a thought in your head. Yeah. To like concept a show, write all the beats, write the script, pitch the script, sell the script, pre-production on the show, make the show, edit it and see it on air. That would mm-hmm. be something that would, um, wow. I would get so much satisfaction out of that to like, to, to, to see something start from a nugget in my head to a finished product out there in the world on screens. Um, that is something uh, I think I'm, I'm chasing. I think it's something every filmmaker is chasing. And, and I've been fortunate enough to have a little bit of success with that and with short films and some other small projects. Um, Hub crawl being one. Yeah. Um, but uh, a feature film or a, uh, or, or a, I guess a network show would, would be the next mountain I want to climb. Nice. And one that stems from, Ooh, light bulb to yeah. all of a yeah. sudden big red carpet. Everyone's cheering. You're all, you're happy. All dressed up. Ready, ready to accept the award. That's the goal, man. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I think, like you said, um, it's funny you mentioned that. And then with people, especially in Canada, and I concur when you say that with um, creating your opportunities, like you, it's quite literally nobody gives you anything. Like nobody, like you didn't re- like nobody will reach out to me to be on the show. I have to like do the legwork. Nobody will prepare for me. I have to do it. Nobody will like everything with production, everything like your auditions and everything, your agents, you have to be on the ball for those opportunities in order to make the most of them. I find. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, I'm in no position to be giving life lessons or, or, <laughs> um, or anything like that, but, uh, just about doing the work. Um, nothing nothing very rarely is anything handed to you and and often the things that you're most satisfied with are the things you worked really hard on um so uh, yeah i mean and and it's not always going to happen you're not always going to get it even even a few months ago i probably wouldn't have told you that um created a show and it didn't end up going anywhere but but that's the reality of it and i hope people know that that it doesn't it's not going to happen every time uh it's not going to happen every time. And sometimes you got to keep working and keep pushing and keep going. Um, but if, 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 if you're not interested in that journey and that drive, then it's probably something you shouldn't be doing anyways. Interesting. How do you, you were fortunate enough to find your passion reasonably young. Like I don't think people even really find it till if anything, late twenties, maybe, maybe at best. Um, what kind of, triggered it was it being put into theater and stuff and that was able to trigger your brain to going this is something what i want to do just trying different things out 
Yeah. Yeah. I, you're right. I, I am very fortunate that I found something I'm passionate about early on in life. And yeah, it was just, um, just a feeling. It was just doing something. And I was like, Oh, I could do this every day for the rest of my life. Um, at almost my mom and my dad were teachers. My grandmother was a teacher. There's been teachers in my family, a long lineage of educators. And I had always thought that that's what I was going to do. I was going to be a mm -hmm. teacher. And I just, I had that in my head. And I, I, it wasn't until I uh, stepped on stage at a local theater that I was like, Oh no, this is what I'm passionate about. Nice. This is what I want to spend my life uh, pursuing and working on. Um, so yeah, I think I am lucky cause that doesn't happen to everyone. Not everyone has that feeling sometimes, yeah. uh, um, sometimes it never comes to people, but, uh, yeah, yeah that's, uh, I'm, I'm very lucky in that sense. Awesome. Um, kind of to more conclude the, um, what's the questioning portion of it? Um, do you have any last kind of like stories or lessons that you'd like to, I know you said you're, you're not in a position to give um, life lessons, um, but uh, do you happen to have any, it could be either a quote or, or a lesson someone has taught you or that you've picked up through someone from a mentor or, or a friend or anything really? And uh, what, is that, what does that look like as like a closing, some closing message or a closing lesson that you've learned along the way? So you could embark on somebody if they were to take it as a piece of wisdom. I heard someone the other day <laughs> say, uh, Measure once, cut twice. Measure um, once, quite cut I twice. I thought that was a great piece. Amazing. Counter to the measure twice, cut once. Just, yeah. just go for it. Just, just again, we're all winging it, so just swing away. Yeah. That would be my, that would be my my one piece. Of it. <laughs> That's amazing, um, man. It was funny. I heard somebody say something like that like a, a bit of time ago, and because I was cutting two by fours and they're like, Glenn, measure twice, cut once. And I was like, and then I'm like, man, I cut it twice and it's still too short. And they're like, what the, <laughs> just uh, so hearing that reminds me of that. And I was like, oh no, that's embarrassing. But, uh, well for me, yeah. but I, I, I love it. Just, just swing away. And, uh, you can always cut the two by four again, you know? Yeah. There'll always be another two by four. There'll always be another two by four. I'm going to use that next time my boss asks me, and I'm like, sorry, no. sir. He's like, man, this is going to be another one. It's like, yeah, but we have to pay for it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice, brother. All right. So, uh, yeah, that concludes uh, the episode. Uh, man, um, hopefully COVID ends soon and I could uh, treat you to uh, one or, uh, as you say, in Pub Girl 10 beers at, uh, next time I'm in uh, Toronto. Hopefully we'll once love COVID. That. Next time you're here, we'll, uh, we'll line, line a few up and knock them down. Amazing. Amazing, brother. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your show and the work you've done and allowing me to be entertained by your, uh, you living your passion. So I really appreciate that, brother. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. And um, it's nice to know, uh, nice to know there's people out there watching. So uh, thank you for having me on. I'm a, I'm a fan of the show. Awesome, man. I appreciate that.